Coming up this week, off-screen... Han Solo gets a Star Wars story of his very own... It's a bad day to be in Zama... Edie climbs a mountain... There's supernatural hijinks with the little vampire... Miss Congeniality gets furry in Show Dogs... Glastonbury gets lost in vagueness... We take a tour of the Congo... Ian McKellen talks us through playing the part... And prepare to fall in love with the breadwinner... All those to come and more, off-screen... This is... This is off-screen... With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Cunnock. I am Case Allen. You look like there was a, a moment of, of great sort of fatigue and relief there. What was that? It was like half yawn, half... Uh, speech or it was kind of but it was more it was more yawn <laughs> i tried to communicate in a series of yawns with most people you really are the nick miller of film critics aren't you <laughs> <laughs> nick miller nick miller from streets of uh, chicago exactly yeah. Um, yeah i'm very tired today so i'm gonna try to put in at least like 56 percent Effort. Energy, that, that's yeah. all we can ask. That's all we can yeah, ask. Definitely. So, <laughs> so then before we get to uh, news reviews, box uh, was top five, usual cinematic uh, accoutrement. Mm. Uh, shall we have a piece of film news to, to kick off the week? Yes. Something. What do you got for me? What's big? Marvel. Marvel is big. It's the biggest thing in the world. It is the only big. thing bigger than Marvel is Galactus, and that's also Marvel. So, nah. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Yes. <laughs> these, these are facts. Cool. Um, Spider-Man 2 is up, well, Spider-Man Homecoming 2, or whatever it's going to be called. Spider-Man Graduation, maybe? I don't know. Spider- Spider-Man Senior Year? Spider-Man Senior Year, potentially. Who can speculate? Who can speculate? Uh, well, uh, Kevin Feige knows, for well, well, he does, for yeah. sure, but he ain't telling anyone anything. No, he's cagey um, like that, isn't he? He's a little bit. He is a bit. However, they have, uh, I don't know whether this is an official announcement or whether it's just been released under trades and stuff, but uh, we have a bad guy. We do, don't we? Yeah, not only do we have an actor, we have a character as well. I'm told. Yeah, and I'm 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 a big fan of this. I am because it's never been done, has it? It's never been done. He was always one of my favourite bad guys uh, for the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. uh, Mysterio is apparently going to be the villain. Yes, definitely. Know, and it's been rumoured so many times in the past. Like at one point, we were going to get a Raimi, a fourth Raimi movie that was going to have Bruce Campbell as Mysterio. And yeah, I like, think I think that was when uh, John Markovich was going to be uh, the Vulture. Vulture. Yeah, which again, like as amazed as Michael Keaton was, had more news about in a second. And mm. um, yeah, Michael Charles would have been. Oh yeah, he, he as would Vulture. But um, we know that uh, Mysterio will be next, and it's going to be played by uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. That is awesome. Yeah. How do you Big get time. Jake Gyllenhaal from that? That's like you, really you, out You there. say to him, you ain't going to be Batman. <laughs> you say, all right, I'll do someone else. I'll do someone better. I'll, I'll be my own Batman. It's true, because it had been rumoured, hadn't it, he was going to be Batman. He was, he was going to take yeah. over Batman. Which which would have been I've been fine with, to be honest. Yeah. But, but uh, um, I I think he is great. I, I do think I think Jay Gyllenhaal is great, and I'm a big fan of uh, is it Nightcrawler? I, I, yes. I like that movie quite yeah. a bit. Um, I like, I've, I've always liked something. It was up to Nightcrawler when I was like, man, he's just amazing. What's the one I really liked? And it was it was pitched as Oscar bait. Star Jay Gyllenhaal. It was oh, really great. Where he has like a breakdown. And his yes. Wife. Yes. What was that? What was that called now? Uh, what was like it called? Desolation or destruction or damage or something? Or, yeah. yeah. Devastation. I don't know. It was. It's a, it's a Jean-Marc Vallée film as well. It is. Yeah. See, I remember the director. No idea what it's called. We'll find out later. But, Great um, movie, though. I yeah, really he, he's that. going to be uh, Mysterio, and I am I'm so down. That. So yeah. um, what what do you know about Mysterio, about his, his backstory? Do you know, I've forgotten a lot since the, uh, since the old sort of animated days. Right. But wasn't he like a stage magician? Is that nothing? It's illusion. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, it's it's that, and also I think he used to work um, either in films or like in st- like on on the stage and stuff. And um, he he was in charge of special effects, and he was an illusionist. And then he's like, "Oh, this would be great for crime." It's like uh, a spin-off of one of my favorite movies, FX, starring Brian Brown. Have you, <laughs> you remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. That movie kicked wow. ass. <laughs> what, a, what a deep cut! Hey, that's now available on HD. 
Just get on it. I, I'm not saying I watch it all the time. Just <laughs> but the reason pretty, why I was late is because I was pretty regularly again. Yeah. Um, but uh, in further Spider-Man news, hmm. um, we would just talk about uh, your boy uh, Mark Keaton. Mark Appa- Keats. Appa- apparently, apparently, the Keats is going to be coming back. Yes, I heard this. Yeah, I like that. Because are, we, if- are we setting up Sinister Six? Well, that's the thing Properly. because Spider-Man as a series is at its best because it references, it keeps the villains kind of around. Yes, I love that the movies are doing that. That's great. That will be the absolute best. Did you see Michael Keaton giving a giving a college graduation speech? By the way, no, no, I did not. Right, this is on YouTube. Michael Keaton gave a graduation speech at some college or whatever. Gives his his speech and then ends with "and Batman" and leaves. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I need to watch that. Um, uh, I, I, I do like watching some of these like celebrity like commencement addresses. I know they're great, like, aren't they? There's, there's a Will Ferrell one from maybe last year or the year before where he sings uh, "I Will Always Love You," and it is amazing. Oh, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, I don't know. Literally, the only sort of cool person who went to Sheffield Hallam Uni was like Nick Park. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but literally the only one though. I don't think anyone else cool went there. Uh, Eddie Izzard. Oh, uh, well. Oh, yeah, okay. We'll yeah, 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 yeah. You, know, you can have him. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, so first review of the week. He's <laughs> not an Ardman film. He's not an Ardman film. By the way, if you want more of this goodness, check out the extended podcast edition. Because one can never have too much hilarity in one's life. Too much rambling. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I saves, guess he's cases, tune in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike my mum, who just credits crap, pure crap, Van's mum. So, um, Van, could you uh, tell us about The Breadwinner? I can, I can. Okay, yeah. so, um, The Breadwinner. So, which was, uh, this was nominated for Best Animated Feature, wasn't it? Was that this year or last year? It was this year. It was this year, okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, I hadn't seen it around the time of the uh, the, the Oscars, so um, I can assure you, had I had seen it around the time of the Oscars, I might have been championing in a whole different uh, other direction. <laughs> um, so this is a, a British, uh, not, it's not even British, is it? It's um, it's Irish. It's an Irish animated film. Do you know the studio that made, um, was it Song of the Sea? Yeah, and uh, The Secret of Kells. There you go, yeah. yes. So you know the, the name of the company escapes me. Um, this is their latest. It is executive produced by Angelina Jolie, who apparently has, oh, really? has been quite hands-on with it as well. Actually, that makes sense, given the subject matter. Yeah, she's apparently been really involved in it. Um, it is the animated story of a young girl living in uh, Taliban-occupied Afghanistan. Um, I think we're, we're told, I think it's, it's 2001, it's around that uh, very specific time in history. And it is just about her de- the, the daily sort of life under the Taliban regime. Uh, her father is, uh, you know, taken away on trumped up charges and locked away for being a dissident, for having forbidden reading. And she, um, finds herself in a position of being the only person who can provide for her family unit, which involves, you know, her mum, her older sister, and, uh, infant, uh, I think sister or brother. Um, so the only possible breadwinner, hence the clever title, what she does is basically she pulls a Mulan. No way. Yep, she pulls she a Mulan. She, uh, she she stars herself up to look like one of the boys, and she goes out onto the street to you know uh, sell sell various trinkets and make some money to provide for the family. She also befriends a sort of uh, friendly giant type uh, figure, a kind of uh, kind of a Boo Radley type figure. Um, and uh, basically, it, it's it's about her having to basically passes passes the boy at the same time. There's the political intrigue going on. There's everything at the time. There's the, there's what happened to her father. There's Izzy coming home. There is what is the story with our new gentle giant friend. And I tell you what, we've got a clip. What are we going to do? I don't know. Maybe if I go out early before it's crowded. It won't work, Parwana. Market sellers won't risk getting in trouble for serving you. Mama Jan has cousins in Mazar Sharif. I could write to them for help. But we've never even met them. How do you know they will help? We need food now. So one would hesitate to describe this as a fun time for the whole family. Um, I do think it's an incredibly well put together, astonishingly rendered, glorious looking, rich, rewarding family drama. I think this is really terrific. This is one of the best animated films I've seen in a while. And I say that only because it just seems to have been in a bit of a lull lately since, like, uh, since Kubo. Ferdinand, come on. Uh, Well, I mean, you know, let's not take any of the the due credit away from Ferdinand here. But uh, I I just do feel like since Kubo, we've we've been waiting for something great to come again. I think this is is it. Mm. 
Um, I would definitely recommend. I want to. I want to prove you wrong, as usual. I'm sure. Um, you, I'm sure you probably can. I'm sure there's like an animated film I'm forgetting. Possible. There's been like really, really good ones. Like obviously, Coco is great. Oh, Coco was terrific. Coco and, yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I, 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 I really, really fell for this in in terms of I was I was captivated by it as an engaging emotional story, but also I did give into its heartier side. It's mm. uh, it's uh, it's it's loving side. Would you believe? <laughs> so, I mean, it does go. I mean, it reminds me a lot of. Persepolis. Persepolis? Persepolis? Uh, Percy Polis. Percy, Percy Polis. Percy Polis. Percy Polis. Yeah. Um, in, in that, uh, in that sense of it being a story of children and war and the Middle Eastern element of it and being animated in a very specific, very unique style reminded me a lot of, of Percy Polis and, uh, which it's forever <laughs> going to be known as now. Um, I thought the voice cast were terrific. I looked through, I kept thinking there's got to be like, there's got to be a big name in there. There really isn't. I mean, to, to a Western audience at least. Yeah, not not so much. But they, it's it's incredibly well cast. The writing is so moving, and the characters are so engaging and soulful. I really loved it. I I really can't wait to see this again. I thought it was genuinely mm. terrific. I want to see it now. But uh, okay, so that's that's our, our rich and artistic one for the week. Um, we will have Star Wars in a bit with the latest film news and reviews. This is off screen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So. Uh, hi. Hi. <laughs> okay, so, um, shall we, uh, shall we uh, do another review? Shall we talk about the, uh, the, 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 the elephant in the room? Do you mean the giant dog in the room? <laughs> you, you, you raise a sharp wit, you. Okay, so <laughs> Show Dogs is out. <laughs> show Dogs, which I was embargoed for five weeks on. Who cares? Who cares? Why, why would you embargo yeah. this? What, what was there like a Mr. Slugworth waiting around the corner just wanting to know what he could steal for his own talking dog movie? Is, is that what <laughs> yeah. was going on? <laughs> Champion dogs. I must know what is in the everlasting gobstopper of their talking dog comedies. Anyway. But, but then we would find out uh, Slugworth actually works for the same company that distributed uh, show dogs. It turns out, turns out. Yeah. Okay, so, um, show dogs is miscongeniality for kids, but instead of a beauty contest, it's dog show. Yeah. Well, that's what we've been And the for. undercover agent is, um, oh, I forget his name, is a, is a, is a dog voiced by Ludacris named Max. And he is the best canine detective in the department, but he's a bit of a lone wolf. He always works alone and he but always he, but gets not, his man. But he's not actually a wolf. But he's not actually a wolf. They do make this joke a few times, actually. Um, <laughs> he's, sure right. So, in the same way that Sandy Bullock was paired up with Ben Bratt for uh, Miss Congeniality, mm. of course, uh, we need some comparative characters here. So, he gets a human FBI agent played by Will Arnett. Right? <laughs> so, Will Arnett's FBI agent has a romance with the dog groomer who's taking ah, care of Max for the competition. Who's played by Natasha Leone. Interesting choice. In weirdly conventional rom com kind of role for mm. Natasha Leone. Okay. You've then also got other dogs who are going to help Max out in the competition. Who are, who are voicing some of these right. dogs. So, for the Michael Caine character, you know, the, the pompous trainer, you've got Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci's I mean, in there. I mean, that's that's who you get. That, that's who you get, isn't it? Oh, and he's he's brilliant as this sort of spoilt former beauty queen type. Uh, you've also got RuPaul, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. RuPaul. RuPaul Charles. You've also got Alan Cumming as a nemesis named Dante. Okay. Oh, we're not even through these yet. Okay. Gabriel Iglesias turns up. Jordan Sparks turns up. This... And you just go through this fun thinking, there's a massive cast on this. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is in this. Shaquille O'Neal is in And I really want that, the dog that he's playing to be like a chihuahua or a really small dog. <laughs> I bet you if you looked it up. Okay, tell you what, should we have a clip? And I, I promise you, I'm not going to rag on this. You think I am. I'm not going to rag on it. I'm going to offer some enthusiasm and some constructive I, criticism. I think you enjoy this more than so. Right. Right. right after this clip, okay? Can you believe all this luxury and excess just because of a stupid dog show? Isn't this wonderful? The beautiful views, the snossage and chaise platter, the toilette filled with champagne. <laughs> <laughs> ah, maybe not champagne. No, 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 no. I don't do animals on the bed. Come on, get up. What are you doing? I am a dog. Yes, you, man. This is what nature intended. Not for me. Are you sure you were not Jonas? Plenty of room for toi. 
No thanks. I'm fine on the floor. Ludicrous giving it his all there as a Rottweiler named Max. So This is what happens when you don't get a Fast and Furious spin-off. This is exactly <laughs> what happens, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got uh, the poster up on your phone, I notice. Um, were you drawn it's, into... It's my new lock screen on my phone. Were you drawn into the, the rich design and tapestry of it? Well, it took all of four minutes on the phone. <laughs> okay. Remember when you were at college and you were doing... Well, did you do film at college at all? I did music, man. You did music, How okay. many times? Well, they always give you a How movie poster times? and they ask you to run it through traditional semiotic analysis and, and oh, right. is that that is exactly the kind of thing that we would have been handed at college and mm. at college level and asked to analyse. Torn, torn to shreds. What can you draw from this poster? Anyway, um, the film is... <laughs> what, what can I draw? That Will mm. Arnett has had a divorce. <laughs> Will Arnett has got kids to feed. Will Arnett has got uh... mortgages. Well, Arnett need, needs money. Yeah, well, Will Arnett got to spend every day and night he wanted with Amy Poehler, who I, I'm i going to take an educated guess is one of the greatest people in the universe to have around. So, you know what, I don't think he ever gets to complain about anything ever. Um, and nor should he. He's got a perfectly passable sort of straight man role here. Um, it really is just the Ben Bratt in Discontinuity role. Every role is directly comparative to See, the Discontinuity So who, who plays uh, uh, William Shatner? <laughs> I don't think don't think there are any like celebrities. No. Judges are quite faceless, actually. Um, I I did think uh, for the most part that it, uh, it it held its its PG rated. I think it might even be a U actually. It's on the page here. It is a PG. It's I PG. thought it, it held its PG rating firmly to its chest with great pride. It didn't particularly talk down to the kids, although it wasn't very taxed, you know, taxing to anyone either. Um, Yes, it's a paycheck film, and you do get a little bit of that feeling from it because you're just going to. It's a talking dog movie in 2018. I mean, I mean, did you notice that Netflix rebooted Benji this year and nobody noticed? No, kind of tells you where we're at with this. Um, it does feel strangely cats and dogs, but then again, it's going to. It's from the director of Scooby Doo, as we're told on all the marketing campaigns. <laughs> Roger Gosnell has directed this, so, so he's, he's he's got form with uh, he's got form with dogs, yeah, through dog films. Um, and it's perfectly capably handled. Uh, there's a couple issues that, you know, leapt out at me. Like, for instance, the film likes to set itself up as having a certain kind of logic and then <laughs> ignores that logic. Let's, let's go back on Roger Gosnell. Okay. Let's, let's do a backtrack. Okay. Uh, also directed, uh, Never Been Kissed. Did, did he? Yeah. Apparently are so. You, are you sure? Cause uh, I, I remember reading a thing the other day about the, the, did he, he actually directed Never Been Kissed? Then, what else did he do? Smurfs 2. He did Smurfs 2. And Smurfs he did 1. Smurfs 1. He did Beverly Hills Chihuahua. This is this man's a weird the, thing about film But dogs. only the first of the trilogy, I'm assuming. Because well, yeah. He, yeah. He, he didn't do uh, The Empire Strikes Back of a Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Oh, okay. Because there are three of them. Oh, I know. So, yeah. I, I, that's a terrifying reality. Mind there are five Tinkerbell movies, so... He, he directed Home Alone 3. Dear God... That, that was his first film that he ever directed. Okay, so can we just say then that uh, this is the finest film he's done since Scooby Doo? I would, I would say that. But then again, it is an extremely low bar. Um, by the way, they can't make their mind up on whether or not humans can understand dogs talking. It's like the Stewie thing. I was going to ask you about yeah. that. That's the question. No, I this is the, it, keep, it keeps comments. folding in on itself with it. But, uh, yeah, you're not going to get an answer to that question. It's going to drive you insane. Try not to think about it. Take your four year old and you'll enjoy it. But um, I don't go for a lads' night out kind of a film. It's not one of those. I think that's that's a pretty fair. Maybe, maybe a dogs' night. <laughs> dogs' night. <laughs> yeah, I take a load of this. So, um, should we do the box office top five real quick? Yeah, fine. Number five. Life of a Party. No, that song isn't actually in Life of the Party. I was trying to work out I why just, we had that as an I idea. just put it there because, do you remember when we went through that phase where every girl comedy that came out had that exact song on the trailer? Are we, are we quantifying this as a uh, girl comedy? Well, it pitches itself as a girl comedy. All right, but, yeah. Uh, and the marketing is, is quite, you know, it's a girl comedy. comedy. I'm, I'm a fan of Katy Perry, so any, any chance to hear Katy Perry, I'm fine, that, That's pink, man. Why don't you put some Katy Perry instead? I prefer Katy Perry to pink. I, I prefer <laughs> Katy Perry to pink in every sense, but... You know, I just I feel like I know like three pink songs. Although Pink was very good in Thank You for Sharing, the ignored twenty twelve sex addiction comedy starring yeah. Tim Robbins and Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, and uh, Josh Gad. And Josh Gad. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that as well. That was good. That All was right. a good movie. Anyway, we we talked about Pink for a bit. We talked about Pink. Last one has Revels were enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I liked Slap the Party very much. It was very funny. Melissa McCarthy was very funny in it. Um I mean I tell you, someone tweeted on this? 
Someone has. Someone didn't agree. Um, <laughs> someone didn't. Someone Who is someone says, and what do they have to say for themselves? At Mr. Pose Raven. That's, that's, Mr. Pose uh, Raven. Well, it's clever. It's clever. clever. Yeah. Uh, literally walked out of the theatre. This movie sucks. Hashtag life of the party. Number four. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> um, I feel pretty, oh so pretty, oh so. What? Why did it not occur to me to actually and... just use the song? I yeah, I, I was, I was wondering that. I don't know. Oh, who cares? Uh, I feel pretty. I had some laughs, um, but did you? I had a couple of laughs, all at the expense of uh, Michelle Williams, if I'm being honest, and um, Ad Bryant to an extent as well. But um, the film quite simply lacks anything resembling a serious point for its material, and I found that problematic. I love that song, Coin Brothers. Well, yes. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, it's one up from Tidal Your Sex Tape. But uh, anyway, this is the thing. I, I feel like it needed that point for me. And I know that there have there, there is a fan base out there, and often for obvious reasons, it's a f- largely female fan base, who have found something to enjoy in it, and I absolutely respect it for that. And, you know, I'm sure... I'm not being part of that crowd. I'm going to be immune to that anyway. So, okay. Has someone tweeted what have they said? At Taste Like Honey okay. says, I Feel Pretty was good. Number three. Sherlock Gnomes. Or uh, Gnomes, if you're, if you're going to say <laughs> gnomes. The, the correct pronunciation. To follow on from Gnomeo and Gnuliet. Gnuliet. <laughs> Gnuliet. That sounds like something of the wedding singer, doesn't yeah. it? Your Ju- name's Ju- Julia. Julia. <laughs> Julia Gnuliet. Um, Gnomeo and Juliet. <laughs> Uh, half of it I enjoyed. I, I will admit, I liked the Sherlock Holmes comedy in this, and I thought I was past this, because it's so overdone, Sherlock Holmes thing at the moment. Mm. I thought, the, where's the market for this, clearly? And then I sat and watched it, and I had a pretty good time with it. Like, even Johnny Depp being Sherlock Holmes, which sounds like the naffiest casting ever. I mean, what's he going to do? His From Hell performance for kids? That ain't going to fly. And or, then he does that. Yeah, I mean, then he does that, and you think, oh, actually, yeah, that, that, that kind of works, actually. Mm. <laughs> um, and I really like the, uh, basically inspired casting of Chiwetel Ejiofor as, uh, as Watson, and what they do with Watson, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I just don't like the Nomeo and Juliet scene because it's rubbish it has an absolutely rotten uh, moral message at its core that I don't think any child should ever be exposed to and if you hear it, I promise you I'm not overreacting, it, this is really vomit inducing stuff um, yeah, has anyone tweeted? yes, at Amberlow says, hashtag Charlotte Gnomes, a fawn voiced by Ozzy Osbourne completely brilliant, if a little lost on the small people Literally one line of dialogue, man. One line of dialogue. Are you, and, and I'm guessing you could have just got someone else who's be Ozzy. Yeah, pretty much. How yeah. hard is it to find someone? You didn't have to like pay Sharon's like let Ozzy off a leash for like an hour to record, right? You could have just got someone else. Number two. Fantastic Four. <laughs> if only, right? Do you imagine if there was a Fantastic Four movie in 2018 and it was like number two in the box office oh. top ten? God, that's a nice fantasy to have, isn't it? But and I say this wearing a Fantastic Four tattoo. I mean, really? <laughs> what is it like a rub-on one? <laughs> have you never, have you never seen it? No. Do I have a Fantastic. Four? I spend a lot of time not looking at your body. Yeah, I have a Fantastic Four tattoo oh, okay. on my chest. Yeah, but there you go. That's an nice. inside inside behind the curtain. Yeah. There, peek behind oh. the curtain. Oh, that, that would have sucked if a guy put like put like a number three. <laughs> Just to really mess with you. <laughs> it's my 22nd birthday present to myself. Anyway, uh, so, uh, what were we talking about? Spider-Man? Oh, Avengers. Avengers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's next year. Which then. X-Men movie are we talking about? I get confused. So, Avengers Infinity War, which is awesome, by the way, has a great... I went and saw it last week, because I had an evening free. I thought, oh, I'm going to see it fun. again. I think I'm going to see it again next week. I'm going to see it for a third time. Yeah. It does feel like those six-issue event comic series that you get. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like an annual, isn't it? Yeah. And to be fair, that's what these Avengers movies should be. Because if I want to see, you know, proper Iron Man character development, I'll go and watch an Iron Man movie. And if I want, you know, want that for Spider-Man, I'll watch a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. It's not to say they can't have those moments, but they aren't obligated to have those moments. I think, I think now that we're getting to a point where, like... Like eighty characters are in the film, <laughs> yeah. so I, I think that's the smartest way to do it. Yeah, and I like that idea. You can't, I like, you can't invest yeah. all this time to say, "Oh, yeah, we we need to have like an amazing arc for everyone." And 
at the beginning of the film. Tony, Tony doesn't know how to make a sandwich, but then halfway through, he buys bread and someone has to teach him how to make a sandwich. It would that and, stage, wouldn't it? Yeah. If you had to do, like, 42 character arcs in a movie. Yeah. And then at the end, he realises he doesn't like sandwiches, he prefers wraps. But how are we going to address Drax's issues with his father? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I think they did a really good job with Infinity War. I think it's a really fun, fast just absolutely bombastic time I had a lot of fun with it and I was moved at times there were character beats in there that because I've sat through a decade of these characters you know on the back of two decades of loving most of these characters anyway I had a lot of fun with it so who's tweeted what they said what do they think spill um at I I don't know what it says at assorted letters okay says uh, Avengers Infinity War was indeed a rollercoaster ride number one that other film where Josh Brolin is 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 the guy, is the bad guy, <laughs> the other superhero yeah. one with Josh Brolin. us out right now. Yeah. Do you think he gets confused when he goes into interviews at the minute? Yeah, but you have to let him know which one is up for. Yeah. yeah, he must have done. It's it. a good time to be Josh Brolin. Yeah, right now. but he must yeah. have gone into like an Avengers interview and with the mindset that he was going to be talking Talk about, about Deadpool. Deadpool. Like, oh, yeah. It must have happened. Yeah. It's not like Ryan Reynolds where he's got nothing else going on. But, <laughs> you know, oh, I might do a Hitman's Bodyguard sequel in three years. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, Double, double Two. Yeah, so you saw this. I did. What did you think? I liked it. I liked it a lot after mm-hmm. I came out, and now I've had a week to kind of sit on it. I'm not sure if I did like it that much. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I liked it. It was fine. It's kind of how I feel about the first one. And I, I don't know why I'm so cold on it. The first movie has uh, has its place on cable TV. You know, it's like a movie that's on TV, that's on cable, on premium channels. Yeah. It's, it fits that. Because I've watched it a lot on Now TV, and it fits exactly that kind of I feel, I feel like if I had, had discovered these two films when I was 15 or 16... You'd have loved them. Absolutely, unquestionably <laughs> love them. Well, I was—I say I was a fan, but I wasn't as big a fan of it as I was at the first movie. Mm. It's the Austin Powers effect for me, where the first one is raw and has something genuinely comedically beating under the surface. I think the second one tries to do too much with it. Uh, not that it's not a, a great time to be had. You will have fun. You will have some laughs. You know, there's exploding heads galore. You will enjoy. You just won't be as blown away as you were by the first, the first one. one. And that I think that might just be the surprise factor, nature of the beast. So, uh, let's uh, have a little quick little break, and we will come back to talk about... I think there's some piloty Top Gunny movie out this week. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. So, Mr. Allen, we're back, and uh, I don't know if you've heard, there's a Star Wars movie out. Yeah, that's the, that's the title as well, isn't it? Well, it's probably... Like, a this, Star Wars movie. It feels weird as well, because it feels like there's only been, like, three months since The Last Jedi was out. So... Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, not not that much more, really. Not really, is it? <laughs> like, like, five? Five. Six? Well, December, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, anyway, so uh, we've got this one in the summer rather than Christmas for a change. Um, yeah. I, I personally am more a fan of having them at Christmas. No, well, but, uh, maybe that's why I'm just so eh, eh about yeah. it. I want it to be my Christmas film. Exactly. Why am I having my Christmas present in the middle of the summer, yeah? yeah. Anyway, so, uh, Ron Howard's Solo, A Star Wars Story is here. <laughs> Ron Howard's I'm being Solo. very specific about that. Um, you can, by the way, the post-production stuff on it, some of it is visible. Very visible. Some of it is very visible. Um, I don't mean in a natural visual sense. I mm. mean in terms of, yeah. What has been done. What has been, what has happened, you, you can quite plainly see. Uh, so, it is, um, I'm gonna go out and limb and guess 10, 15 years before the events of A New Hope. So we have Han Solo, the ruffian, finding his way up from the streets. We get his story from when he's a young boy, and he basically works his way up on the, st- on, on, you know, living on the streets, to, uh, becoming the pilot, to, to becoming an imperial pilot to then becoming a deserter to then becoming basically a member of an Ocean's Eleven team cool. and uh, so you've got that in Star Wars so yeah here's a clip so this is uh, Sabacc 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 got it you played before a couple times yeah Captain Lindo Carizzi on solo looks like you're uh, having a good day I'm a lucky guy. Can I ask you a question, Captain Calrissian? Anything, Han? It's Han, but that's okay. I heard a uh, story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me, 
is true. Donald Glover there as Lando Calrissian, and I'm guessing he's the thing you were most looking forward to in this film as well. I like Charles Gambino. You like Charles Gambino, but you love Donald Glover. Um, <laughs> not bad, bad buff. You know, I thought you were. No, I, I am obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to downplay how much I like them both. Ah, oh, fair enough. Um, he's he owns it. He absolutely steals it out from under. Yeah, everyone. well, that's why it was going to be a Lando movie, which I am way clearly. more excited about. Well, you watch this and you do come away and do think, yeah, we we quite clearly need that, and we they just knew need the Lando film. Yeah, we, yeah. Like, yeah. because you could very easily just have reframed this movie, actually, as the adventures of Lando Calrissian and his sort of sidekick with an arc of his own. Yeah, you know? who will be more famous later. <laughs> yeah, he can have another movie later. Um, yeah, it went into a few places that I expected it to and a few that I didn't. In terms of, well, I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but in terms of things that I didn't quite expect, um, Chewbacca, actual character. Obviously. So, yeah. yeah. Took, was it nine films? Somewhere. Took about yeah. nine films. So we actually get some character development. We get that sort of exploration, not proper full blown bike. We biopic go to like, stuff. Um, what's the planet? Is it, is it Kashyyyk? Kashyyyk. I don't know. Yeah. We're not like going to Kashyyyk. But, um, but the, you know, we do get to see a bit more of them. And we did go to Kashyyyk in, uh, episode three. Yeah, we did, but we went to a green screen planet. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. That's... I, I want to see real trees, damn it. <laughs> I want to see walkers in tree houses. You ain't got redwoods, you ain't got jack. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, there's stuff in there that I quite liked. Um, there's the usual unnecessary explanations for things that you probably didn't even think were iconic. Mm. Uh, you know, just... No, it's not really. It's not a spoiler as such, but it's things like Hans Blaster, for example. I don't really think of that as being iconic Star Wars. If I see it, I'll recognise it. I guess it is. It's recognisable. But, yeah. uh, but it's it's that moment, isn't it, where they have to... Okay, we're doing prequel moments. Okay. Can mm. we do a Han Solo movie, please? And yeah. here's the thing. You know when they do? They've made Firefly the movie. And Ron Howard's very capably directed it. It's gorgeous looking. Um, it's, uh, what's his name? The guy's name's Brad. Uh, I did have this. Oh, name. the cinematographer. Cinematographer. Brad, Bradford Young, isn't it? Bradford Young, yes. Who did, uh, uh, uh Arrival. 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 Thank you. Mm, he's amazing. I did know that. And it got lost in the jumble that is in my head. And he's done really good work here. It's, the look of it is actually, it does stand apart from the Star Wars universe. Um, the closest thing I would compare it to visually are like the raid sequence sequences uh, in the, about the midway point in Rogue One. Hmm. It looks kind of like that. That's very cool. Um, Alden Ehrenreich, very good performance, but to be fair, it's a perfectly fine performance of what it is. He's not given an awful lot to do, though. That's that's the only complaint I'll make, and it does allow for, for instance, Donald Glover and Emilia mm. Clarke and, and other characters to basically rise up and sort of steal the, shot, so the, steal the spotlight from him, which is weird for a movie called Solo. Called Solo, when it's about him. <laughs> yeah, so you do feel like a lot of the time like he is the reactive character of basically um, everyone else's movie, which is a shame because his story arc, although very plainly obvious from pretty much the minute it begins is supposedly the focus of it. Um, so that I was a little bit disappointed by. Um, Amelia Clark, perfectly likable foil. Again, you expect you, what you get, you expect with this character. Um, uh, I also liked Phoebe Waller-Bridge as a... She's a robot. As a robot, as That's a droid. Cool. Yeah. Um, a bit more bitchy, I would say. Do you know what than her usual droids. Uh, partner is? I do not. What's his name? Dude that made three billboards. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Ma- McDonough. McDonough. Yeah. yeah. Mark McDonough, really? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. God, but that's a fun house. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, um, yeah, I really liked it. I, uh, I had a lot. I don't want to say I don't want to go into spoiler territory with it because I mean, you have all, you'll kill me anyway. Um, Han Solo's in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> but uh, yes, Han Solo is in it. Um, there's a fan service moment that I did feel was not quite as impressive as they presumably intended it to be. Although, you'll know it when you see it and you'll be like, really? You I went know it, there? I know it just because you're talking about it. What? No, no, you don't. Really? I, I don't think you know in the slightest. You wouldn't know because I didn't know, I don't like. It's got the initials K and R. No. All right. No, it's not got the initials okay. K and K and R. K and R? All right, no, do you know what? No, no, I'm not going there. All right, it's just not as impressive as they thought it was, as they thought it would be, and it's only going to amuse people who are like fans of Star Wars Rebels. How about that? Okay, deal. Is that all right? Yeah, that's okay, that'll fine. work. That'll work. Yeah. Okay. So Calvin, who I took along, absolutely loved it. <laughs> he thought that was fantastic. Okay, and he's talked about uh, Ian McKellen really quickly. I'll always talk about Ian McKellen. Okay, so uh, do you know Joe Stevenson, who directed that film Chicken? Not personally. 
Yes. Yes. Yes, you yeah, do know him, and we have a yeah. weird personal connection. Well, I, I used to work at a place that he used to work at, but I've never met the guy. So, there you go. Yeah, so yeah. Cineworld, right? That's the one. That's the one, yeah. Um, well, they, they, his, in fact, Chicken had its premiere at uh, Cineworld in Sheffield. Yes, it did. Right, so, um, he's back. He's directed this retrospective uh, documentary, basically from the words of Ian McKellen himself. So, Ian McKellen playing the part. It is a 90-minute straight-to-camera piece in which Ian McKellen narrates us through his life, t- tells us basically his entire story end to end. Um, here's a clip. I'm a 30-year-old actor earning £50 a week. It used to be that it was my secret, my life, my profession. So what side of Ian McKellen am I going to present? Anything you could want from a human being, I found it working in the theatre particularly. I was able to just be exist. I had no ambitions to become a film actor. There are very few actors who have been in two popular franchises. You people said we can't have Gandalf the gay, but apparently you could. Yeah, do you think this is going to be for you, Case? Yes. 90 minutes of that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. basically, there you go. Listen to that clip. Imagine, if you will, 90 minutes of that. And, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what you're going to make of this. Interesting. Um, it's nicely shot. I mean, it's not an episode of, my, you know, My Next Guest Needs, needs No Introduction or anything like that. Um, it's nicely shot, though. Um for its talking head elements. There's some archival footage in there that was incredibly in- interesting to see. Um, there was... There, there are a couple of niggles with it. Uh, McKellen, I think, places a slightly larger sense of importance on his contributions to history than history might. But, uh, you know, he's, he's an old man. Well, that's his one to do. He's just, his fact that Ganoff Grey killed Hitler. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't, I'm not belittling his contributions to, for instance, uh, gay rights in particular. That comes up a lot, for instance. Yes. Um, but I think Ian McKellen, I think he thinks he's the gay emperor. I feel like at times he might think that. Hmm. Anyway. Who, who is the gay emperor? I, I have no idea. RuPaul, isn't it? Is RuPaul? He's the vice chancellor. He's the we vice all, chancellor. We all know that. Sure. I'm, oh, tr- I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to think yeah, of I'm trying to think of legacy figures in legacy history figures, here. Yeah, but uh, it's Liza. No, it's life. We're going like in terms of like uh, still alive and historically important Liza. Because that's it. When when someone dies, they have to bequeath it to someone. Yeah. So like when when George Michael passed, we've gone way off the tangent now. <laughs> Um, the other, say, my other thing about it as well, the film goes out of its way to avoid one very particular issue, um, which is a friend and frequent collaborator of Sir Ian's. Sir Patstew. No, specifically Brian Singer. Oh. Yeah. yeah. The film noticeably cannot wait to leg it past the existence of Brian Singer. Because they, I mean, not just the X-Men films, but they've done other stuff. They've done Act Pupil together, people, yeah. and yes. Which, is, which, is um, which gets an acknowledgement for a change. That's nice that's to know. That's good, yeah. yeah. Um, I did enjoy it. I was intrigued by it, but I am a fan of Ian McKellen. Um, if you are not taken with Ian McKellen as an actor, and if you have no time for one's own individual grandstanding, this is not for you. Stay away. Um, but for me, yeah, I loved it. I just kind of wish they'd just at least taken the 30 seconds to uh, address Brian Singer... But uh, maybe that's not the point of this. Maybe film. not the point of Ian McKellen's film, admittedly. But yeah. there will be a whole. If, other if we were doing film. like an expose of certain filmmakers and people involved in the film industry that are now certain non grata, maybe maybe then it's just yeah. weirdly specific because Ian McKellen spends so much of this film talking want... about how he has helped the young gay man, uh, yeah. and then you think like, uh, there's a dude in the next shot who is allegedly a predator to many, many of the young gay men out there. I want to have a documentary about uh, filmmakers that have been ousted from their own films. That would be an intriguing That one. would be cool. And there's, there's, there's so much you could do with that. Well, when we return, we're going to have to uh, get through many, many films. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So, we've not got much time. We have many films. Many, many, many films. <laughs> we have all the films. So, um, shall we do some rapid fire? Yes. Edie. Okay, Edie, which is the latest film from Simon Hunter. This is Sheila Hancock Goes Up a Mountain. That's that's the movie. Oh, that's cool. You, you sold me tickets. Yeah, so it's basically wild for the elderly. 
if you can imagine <laughs> that. So, like, Reek with a Spoon's Wild, which was also a Jean-Marc Vallée movie, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Oh, ah! in a theme. Oof, I love it when we get secular what, like that. What else did he do? Dallas Buyers? Dallas Buyers Club, yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, he has not directed ED, Simon, Simon Hunter has. Um, it's, it's very likable, it's very tweet, it's got a bit of that Saving Grace kind of quality to it. Remember Saving Grace, the uh, old lady's weed comedy? Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the old lady's mountain comedy. Um, it, it's got a bit of that same kind of a, 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 an affectionate, oh, gee shucks, let's have a scone kind of a mm. feel to it. Um, I oh, much- love a scone. I would as well now. Oh, yeah. Damn it. Why do we do these things to ourselves? Anyway, um, I liked it. I liked it for the most part, but it is fluff. It is, it's fluff, but it's fluffy and mum. But, you know, there's lots of shots of nice Scottish mountains and hillsides. Oh, that sounds good. So, yeah. The Little Vampire. Okay, this is... <laughs> I was. I'm I'm not going to lie. I was dreading this. Okay, it is uh, kind of a Hotel Transylvania kind of kind of deal. It's a Hotel Transylvania animated uh, humans mixing with supernatural creatures kind of a movie. Uh, The idea is it's about the friendship between a vampire boy and a human boy, and they have to save the the vampire's family, as it were, from vampire hunters. Ooh, yeah. Um, It's not terribly good. It's uh. quite dull. Apparently, it is out in 3D. I'd imagine that was probably the reason for its creation. Um, <laughs> we can sell some 3D tickets. Uh, the animation is that sort of, you know, that really generic, uh, t- generic CG animated thing that you see on CBB's kind of quality. Yeah. Yeah. Really poor, not particularly well crafted as an animated adventure. Um, I don't know if there's any celebrity voices in this. Let me just have a quick look. I don't seem to recognize. Oh, Alice Krieger's in there. That's literally... Oh, Miriam Margolas. Okay, there's one. Amazing. We got two. We got two. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, again, fine if you've got a four-year-old, hmm. but really not good for much else. Zama. Okay. Or Zama? Z- Zama, I think. Zama. I think, I think. It's an Argentinian film. Oh, one of those. Right. Again. One of those, oh. right? Based on the novel by, let me get this right, Antonio Di Benedetto. Right? Mm. Written in 1956? Okay. So, this is about Don Diego de Zama, who is the magistrate of, um, of, uh, uh, it was called Asuncion. Asuncion, it's called. Basically, it's a principality that, uh, that the Spanish Empire occupies in the late 18th century in South America. He is basically the administrator slash mayor of this town, reporting back to the crown by letter. He's awaiting his transfer because his son has been born and he wants out. Um, and these things take time, you know, given, given the okay. era we're talking about. And he's going out of his mind. And basically the day to day pressures of running this, this thing, this, this, uh, settlement are getting to him. The ennui and the feeling of, I would rather be dead than be here is getting to him. He's unraveling. Here's where this movie gets better. Okay. First of all, the guy in question who's, who's playing, uh, Diego, uh, uh, Diego de Zama. Okay, his name is Daniel Jimenez Cacho. He's like... Solid name. He is the South American Brando. Nice. It's amazing. South American Brando, hit the movie, plays like someone wanted to find a halfway point between the Big Lebowski and a Terry Gilliam movie. Hmm. Okay. It's absurdly funny at times, bleak as hell in others... It's terrific. I mean, it was an hour 55 minutes Oh, you long. sent me a screener for this. I, I did. It. And then an instruction, you must watch this. is awesome. So fun. Well, I didn't. But I do want to. It sounds You good. absolutely should. It really is worth checking out. Uh, written and directed by uh, Lucrezia Martel, uh, whose work prior to this I've looked into and I'm not familiar with. Um, but I will be watching now because this is really something quite surprising. Lost in Vegas. I'm caught in a trap. <laughs> <laughs> right, do you know about uh, Lost Vegas at all? Because I didn't. No, I don't think so. Right, have you ever been to Glastonbury? Not festival, I've been to the town. Oh, okay, right. I, uh, right, I've never been to Glastonbury, I didn't, wasn't aware of this. So it turns out there is a festival within the festival called Lost Vegas. And it's basically a... Yeah, sorry, I did know. Yeah, you did, I know, did about know about this. this. But yeah. This is the documentary about that. That's cool. Okay, this sort of vaudeville style, there's a bit of vaudeville, a bit of BDSM, a bit of shock comedy. There's everything in this wacky out there festival where people basically just do as they please. It is about the man who created Lost Vegas, Roy Gervitz. 
and specifically the fact that he's apparently not the most stable person in the world and is prone to tantrums. Cool. Yeah. This is the story of how he had some tantrums, and it led to the end when he had a tantrum. I met the director of this film by accident on my way into the screening. She seemed very nice, um, and then I watched the film. And I couldn't help but feel, you're friends with these people, aren't you? Because I, I can't see how you thought there was a feature-length documentary in this. There is a one-hour Channel 4 special on it, sure. Mm. You know, Channel 4 Dispatches kind of thing, or yeah. one of those things? Yeah, but it was also a one-hour Channel 4 documentary on buffets the other day. Was there? Yeah. Did I, we learn I anything? Watched it, I watched it all. Um, British people yeah. they love a buffet. Do they? Yeah. Huh. Love going to Cosmo. Well, I've, yeah. actually, I do like Cosmo. Yeah. yeah. Do you know we got to uh, do the voiceover for it? Go on. Johnny Vegas. <laughs> of course they did. It's all I'm running to. Um, so, um, here's the problem with Lost, with Lost in Vegas. It's not inherently interesting as a self-contained feature documentary. It is one of those that is intriguing only if you presumably have gone to and enjoyed that the culture itself, you've been to Las Vegas. If it's something you want to relive a little bit, fine, you'll get that from this, I, sh- I suppose. But the problem is, this is not an inherently interesting story outside of that. I can see how it might be. And if I, if I went, I'm sure I would want to watch it as well. But as a complete outsider, not so much. Uh, very sloppily put together as well, I, I must say. And I, I, I feel really bad about saying that because the director seems so nice. Uh, so Sophia Ollins, she seems so lovely. So she she won't be sending you a Christmas card. She won't she? be sending me a Christmas card. I mean, the audio on the talking head sequences, which are shot now, by the way, mm. is atrocious. No excuse. We put this through better audio filtering than they did their talking head interviews. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Well, we did both go to audio filter college for two yes, years. yes, we did. Learn how to <laughs> properly filter our audio. So have we got anything left, or is that the? Oh, we got one more. Hang on, then let's uh, let's wrap this one up. This is Congo. Is this um, is is it a sequel to Congo? Uh, does Tim Curry turn up? Tim Curry does not turn up. And actually, I, having watched the I'm film, I'm not interested. Well, now having watched the film, I'm never going to take the movie Congo seriously again because I'm sort of thinking, how does this happen in the same country as? Never mind. Okay, can, um, can you even take Congo seriously? <laughs> I take Congo very seriously, sir. Amy loves Congo. <laughs> Ugly, well, man. Ugly, well, man. <laughs> You've never seen Congo, you absolutely got yeah. it. The Lost City of Zinge. Anyway, sorry. So, um... God, Tim Curry's accent in that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop eating my sesame cake. <laughs> right, that's enough. It's not 1995 anymore. We're back. And this is actually quite a serious documentary about uh, life in the Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, specifically following three characters mm. through their individual arcs in there. And, uh, yeah, do you remember that uh, Cambodian Spring one we watched, like we reviewed last week? Yes. Yeah. This, about on par with that in terms of just how soul-destroyed do you want to be. Um, these three characters that we follow, um, basically, we follow them through their lives as, is it the M23, M23? M23 Rebellion has begun, the latest uprising to before the Congo. As we're told, this is just something that just happens in the region. Every now and again, a new rebellion rises, it gets put out, and we repeat the cycle. Um, it is about how the soldiers have just come to just accept that this is the way of life because it's the only way they can have enjoy anything mm. resembling a paid and an educated life is to is to serve their country as it were even though they themselves might not see themselves as the as the good guy but uh, and it's it's about that moral compromise we follow one character in particular whose name oh escapes me Mamu, I forget. We follow one key, uh, key soldier anyway. Uh, we follow his story, and that is at times quite upbeat and uplifting, and even fun. And the but the majority of the time, it's it's quite grim, and it's a uh, very very hauntingly hauntingly captivating kind of a story. It's put together by Daniel McCabe. It's quite clear that he's obviously been quite affected by the material, and he wants to make you feel it. He's, he, he really wants you to share his pain. Mm. And, uh, well, after about 90 minutes, uh, you will. So, yeah, take away, take that photo from that way, you will. But, uh, I rather liked it. I rather liked it. I just, uh, I wouldn't recommend it for, uh, a, a nice, relaxing Sunday afternoon kind of an affair. No, probably watch Solo instead. <laughs> probably watch Solo instead. Well, on which note, actually, we do need to do a, a film of the week. So, uh, I'm giving it to the breadwinner. Cool. 
Red Winner it is. So, I, or even though everyone's going to see Solo, so you shouldn't know, you should see Red Winner. Yeah, um, I, I might even see Solo. I might give it a go. You know what really annoyed me about Solo? No, Red, it's not a Lando film. Not a Lando film, and no Red Cups. Not, oh, even, really? not even one not as one. a background. That gag. was the working uh, title, wasn't it, for a long time? Yeah, it was it Red Cup, wasn't it? Red yeah. Cup. Yeah. Smart. Cleverly done. So, um, quite a quiet week next week, Mr. Will. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I like quiet. And, and a few that we have screening links for, which is amazing. Doesn't need to leave the house. Yep. So we have My Friend Dharma is finally out next week. <laughs> Remember what? that? Really? Yeah. Seems like ages ago. That I'll, was... I'll believe that's it. <laughs> it's, it's the Don Quixote. Of... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I actually that's know people. Soon. I know people who've seen, seen it. the man. Yes, mad. <laughs> yeah, because it was, it was on that can, wasn't it? It was. Or cans. Oh, oh, a friend of mine was like, "You've seen the man who killed Don Quixote? I must touch you." And stroked his arm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so we got my friend Darwin. Speak. Lamont Dublay is next week. Uh, is that? F- that's fun to say. It is a bit. Uh, we've got that summer yeah. next week as well, and because there was a niche market just waiting to be filled, the book club, starring Diane <laughs> Keaton, Jane Fonda. I love that is the big film. That is the big film of next week. Is the book club amazing? Uh, do, do you ever feel like you need more old women talking about Fifty Shades of Grey in your life? Definitely. Then have I got the film for you? <laughs> <laughs> and apparently a film for my mum. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I, lo- I love me some Mary Steenburgen. <laughs> I need to see Mary, Mary Steenburgen seducing Andy Garcia. This yeah. is what life has been building to. It's not even fact that like there's some amazing like older ladies in that. Mm. You got you got Andy Garcia. Yeah. You got the Craig T. Nelsons. Isn't Dreyfus in this? Dreyfus is Dreyfus in this. Is yeah. in this man. Okay, right. On which note, this has been the Kelly Stuff but on screen. I've been Van Connor. I've been Richard Dreyfus. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. So, podcast extras, we are in fact looking into who is who is in the book club. Did you say Alicia Silverstone is in the book club? I did. I said uh, no. Batgirl herself. Back. Oh, I'm a big fan of Alicia Silverstone. Me too. Um, so who else is in it? Well, the guys was Andy Garcia, Craig T. Nelson, Don Johnson, oh, Don uh, Johnson. Richard Dreyfus, uh, Ed Begley Jr. Ed Begley? Yeah. <gasps> Wallace Shawn is in this. Wally Shawn, people. Yeah. I can't help myself, Clark. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> it's, in, it's inconceivable that he is in film. I love Wally Shawn. <laughs> He's amazing. Oh, and then, uh, yeah, some, some amazing ladies in our film as well. Excellent. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Um, so, <laughs> film news we didn't talk about for some reason. Liam Neeson going to be in Men in Black 4? That's only just been announced. That's why we've not spoken oh, about Oh, well, there we are. Okay. Yeah, well, it, it, that, that came up today. Are we calling it Men in Black 4 now? People are calling it Men in Black 4. Because I, I thought this was now being a rebootquel. So, should we just call it Men in Black? Or because yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lady in the team, are we, are we still calling it Men in Black? Or are we... We saying something else? Or? Actually, wouldn't there be women? No, there'd be people in black now, wouldn't there? That being said, Emma Thompson, when they went back in time, was in the 60s, also yeah. Obviously, she is. A yeah, lady. but in the sixties, they didn't recognise that women were people. So, so how did she get to be the boss? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a very good point. Um, <laughs> have you heard? Have you heard about Ryan Ryan Reynolds's next film? Yes, this one with uh, uh, Michael Bay. This is yeah with Michael Bay. So Michael Bay's going to direct it for Netflix. You're right. And it's going to be written by Rhett Reese and Paul Vernick. Yeah. Oh, and Michael Bay's directing it. And Michael Bay's directing it. Why get Michael Bay? It's yeah, intriguing, isn't it? Yeah. So that's going to be called Six Underground, and will apparently have nothing to do with the Sneaker Pimp song, which yeah. saddens me greatly. But Because uh, that's the height of, like, late 90s sexy cool for me, that song. Some of the world's members of Sneaker Pimps have just woken up being like, <laughs> someone's just remembered us. Someone <laughs> knows we exist. <laughs> uh, what else we got then? Um, do you know that Jojo Rabbit thing that Taika Waititi's doing? Yeah. This is his uh, young boy with an imaginary Hitler? Yeah. Yeah. As every growing boy had. As, as every They have cast uh, Rebel Wilson in it. Yes. Okay. That... Sure. I mean, there's some pretty cool people already in it. There um, are. You have to remind me on this one, because I can't quite remember. Uh, Scarge's in it. Scarjo. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, Sam Rockwell. Uh, the is he's making a film with Sam Rockwell. I'm very happy about that. Yes, uh, as am I. I mean, 
just imagine. I mean, the, the Marvel Circle is closing in on itself now. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, yeah, actually, yeah. So does that mean Rebel Wilson is going to turn up? In in the film, in one, one would hope maybe. So, uh, John Wick three. Oh yeah, we got new cast members. This has been some cool casting. Oh on. yeah. So let's go through. These are the people who have joined John Wick Chapter Three. Okay, Tiger Hu Chen. Okay, Yayan Ruin and uh, Sasset Rahman from The Raid. They have joined. Cool. Uh, Mark DeCascos. Remember Mark DeCascos? Yes, I do. As do I. Was Mark DeCascos the crow? I think he was the TV crow, wasn't he? I think he, he was. Yeah. Vision. He's, got, uh, he's got a very like angular face. Yes, yes, he does. Um, how, in fact, he was the villain in Cradle to the Grave, my favourite DMX movie. Um, What's your second favourite DMX movie? Never Die Alone, yo. And then Exit Wounds. Everyone knows that. Yeah, Everyone that's, knows that's, that's the, the order, order case. Don't pretend you're not in on this, like you're above a DMX movie. I know you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm above DMX, period. <laughs> so we've also got Halle Berry. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Angelica Houston. Mm. And most importantly, <laughs> the subjects! Mazzucas yeah. is in it! <laughs> you f- nerds. <laughs> Jason yes. Mazzucas is going to be in John Wick. Yeah, and apparently his character is called the TikTok Man. I love it. I love I it. I don't know what that means. I, but I think that's insane, and I can't wait to yeah, see it. I bet he is so excited to be in that film. I can't, have- I can't wait to hear him talk about it on uh, on the podcast. <laughs> he absolutely will as well. I love how he never plugs anything on that podcast. He never does, does he? Yeah, because like, Paul Shear will get everyone to say, oh, what, what, what have you got coming out? And he's like, Jason, what, what have you got coming out? And he's like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but he's like, I think I'm in the dictator. If he's not like, uh, it is true. He doesn't actually seem to know when his stuff comes out. Mm. It's because he's uh, he's not he's not on social media or anything, and he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't well, do any of that. Did you know the uh, the Step Up series apparently is actually doing really well? The Step Up TV series. I didn't even know there was a Step Up TV series. There is on mm. YouTube Red. Oh, that'll be why. Yeah. Well, <laughs> where shows go to die. I can imagine ninety-five percent of its audience watches it through torrents. Oh yeah, yeah, kind of like Star Trek Discovery. Well, mm. in the US anyway, because in the UK we got it on Netflix, which is nice and convenient. So, um, what was the one? Oh, have you seen Cobra Kai yet? The Karate I've not watched Kids. it yet. I know where it started. Oh. I've not seen any of it yet. I'm looking forward to the the chance. <laughs> okay, so the Lego Movie sequel. It's got a title. That is, that, I, I knew nothing of this. That is really? a ludicrous title. You, you didn't know. It was happening. Oh, you know it was happening. I knew it was happening. I just didn't know the title. As far as I knew, it was the Lego Movie sequel. So as far as I knew, I I quite like that as a title. So it's the Lego Movie Two, the second part. I'm in. Sure. I feel like the second piece would have been better. Oh yes, that would have been good. Yeah. Yes. I'm. I'm okay. I'm okay about. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, to Lego Two. And is Lord Miller doing it again? Isn't it? They're writing it. They're not directing it. Oh. Okay. I I think it's Ron Howard. Ugh, really? <laughs> More Ron Howard. That's what the world needs. <laughs> right, so here's one for you, because I love this story. Right, Do you remember before Christmas, Netflix added a film and then started taunting the people who were watching it? Is it about Christmas Prince? The Christmas Prince, yeah. right? Okay. So they, 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 <laughs> put this, they put this awful, was it like a 90-minute TV movie kind of a film on? Was it an original? Yeah. It was an original. Okay. I, I have seen it. Yeah. It's not horrendous. They're now making a sequel. Get in. They're making a sequel. I mean, it, it's uh, apparently... Right. Is it is it like The Christmas Baby or something? Are they, are they having, a, having a kid? You, just, right, it's called A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding, and it premieres this holiday season, apparently. Yes. That's so, what I want. Incredible. Why chick look weirdly like Amy Adams? You know, Amy Adams? Yeah, just yeah, with just one there. Is, is, is there a trailer? There's, there's a trailer. Oh, no, The Other Royal Wedding. Uh, is it actually a trailer? I'm not sure. I'll have to do some research. You'll have to, yeah. But, oh, so, yeah, you, your Christmas Prince... Also, uh, Pretty Genius announcing that this weekend. I know, it was well, great. I, yeah. I, I imagine that's when it's gone. Yeah, I yeah. imagine that's when they did it specifically. Smart. But, um, yeah. So, well, I don't know about you, but that's kind of me done for the week. I'm kind of all tapped out. I don't even like films anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna go stare at a wall. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home, fold some socks, press them neatly, mm. try and pretend I live in a world where they'll eventually make a third Tron movie. But uh, it'll never happen. 
It's like UK distribution for Snowpiercer. I was just going to say, you have, you have more chance of seeing Snowpiercer on a big screen than seeing <laughs> Tron 3. Right, you know what? One of these days, that's happening. Okay, I'm going to make that happen. You're going to have to buy a cinema. Or at least right. rent out a cinema screen. Johnny Hearn lives in France, so I've actually I've asked him multiple times if he would mind me having Amazon France uh, ship the uh, Steelbook Blu-ray to him. Um, I've yet to do it. I will. And then when I have that Blu-ray, I am hiring a screen, sir. We we are doing this. I will have a theatrical screening of Snowpiercer if it goddamn kills me. It will happen. Anyway, uh, do you want to cue us up? See you later. Here it is, your moment of cage. <laughs> and only get to this active shooter as quick as possible. No, you were, you were an hour late, and we were outgunned. What took you so long? 